Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Every position has been covered. Hooker all the way down to today's episode, which will be fullbacks, the most crucial position to get right. Gone are the days where you used to build your team around your front row forwards and your two RFs. It's now all about spending money big in your fullbacks because the way the modern game is going, these guys are getting more and more valuable. And I think it's, it's been made pretty clear my stance on the fullback issue. I think it's two guns no matter what. Uh, but we're going to delve into the idea of potentially running... One and a mid, or one and even a cheapy. As always, joined by my illustrious co-host, Brew, fresh out of quarantine. How are we, mate? Yeah, not too bad at all there, mate. Um, fullback, it's usually the position that I kind of chop and change a little bit, and it's normally the most interesting of positions, but I think it's a bit boring this year, actually. It's just, I haven't wavered at all, and... You know, I'm excited to give the stats out today, but it's just my side has been locked in at fullback, hasn't changed, won't change. So it's a, it's a different season for me. As has mine. Made plenty of feedback about people love to hear us argue, love to hear us disagree because we have differing thoughts on things. But when it comes to fullback, mine haven't moved. They're not going to move. We're recording this on the 23rd of January. Come the 23rd of March, they're probably going to be the exact same as well. I don't really see it changing, especially when it comes to, to one person. And I mean, it, it, I just can't find the money for Turbo. I also think Turbo's in for a pretty decent regression and a couple of the other guys are in for big sort of upticks. This podcast won't be the longest. Uh, obviously, Center Wing took us close to two hours to, to do when it comes to both parts. But fullback, we probably should be able to rattle it off pretty quick. Uh, we are alluding to both our fullbacks. I'll make it no secret off the top of the show, Brew and mine fullbacks are Ryan Pappenhausen and James Tedesco. They've been there since the game opened. They'll be there uh, basically come round one, all things considering. We did have a bit of a scare, mate. Uh, obviously, the photo going around on socials last week of, of Ryan Pappenhausen in a moon boot, that basically broke broke the, the internet for maybe five, six hours. And then it was confirmed that he just sort of rolled his ankle at training and he'd be off it for a week, which is not an issue in my mind at all. Uh, Matt, even though Turbo is obviously the number one option, we'll kick off with Ryan Pappenhausen because we both own him. Pretty underpriced considering uh, what he did when he played. I think he averaged 115 points a game when he played the full 80. Obviously hampered a little bit with concussions, which it did suck at times, but goal kicking in the Melbourne Storm system. He'll be there from round one. He's one of the few big guns at Melbourne that aren't suspended for round one against the Tigers, lock and load. Probably not my captain. Uh, the next man that will touch him will be my captain for round one, all things considering. But Ryan Pappenhausen, if he is not owned by 60% of teams come round one, I'd be very, very shocked. Yeah. I, I just think you have to you have to own this guy, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to run through some 
some figures. I'm going to run through his draw and his averages um, against those opponents to start the season. And everything just screams, pick this guy. Um, little fun fact from last season. In 18-minute games that he played at fullback last season, he averaged 111. So you take out all the, the bench games and, you know, the games where he got injured, obviously, 111 average. He's obviously not priced at 111, so he's an absolute steal. You know, off the bat to start the season, he plays the West Tigers. He's got an average of 87 against that team, um, which, you know, if he bangs out 87 in round one, I certainly won't be too unhappy with that. You move on to round two. Uh, he plays South Sydney Rabbitohs. Obviously, they are a very good side, but at this at round two, they still won't have Latrell Mitchell. They'll still have a new spine. Um, I don't think they'll be firing on all cylinders. He's got a 97 average against South. And, and this game and the following game, which is the round three match with Parramatta at an 88 average, that's their hard period to start the season. And Parramatta this season... Maybe I'm a little biased. I'm, I don't know. They don't scare me this year, especially when it comes to to points against. Um, what are your thoughts for the say the opening three rounds? Yeah, geez, if you've got two tough games there, I mean, it's pretty it's a pretty safe take to say that uh, South will be going close to the top four, as will Parramatta. So two of the better sides in the comp. And if you're averaging well over 85 against those two, and that's considered hard periods, then. You, you could do a whole lot worse. Um, yeah, against the Tigers, man, it's it's him and Jerome Hughes. That'll be it. So you'd think a lot of those t- those two will have a, a hand in a fair bit. Um, with no yeah. Harry Grant, no Brandon Smith, no Cameron Munster, it does make it a little bit sort of stickier. Uh, if if all of those guys were playing, I'd probably lock in Pappenhausen as my captain for round one. But Just for goal kicking. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Probably score 40 points in goal kicking alone. But, I mean, he's less than 700K. That is a steal because we are getting him off the back of those concussions and playing sort of games off the bench towards the back end of last year. But like he killed it at the start of the year. Um, I remember that 199 against uh, the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, broke broke the incident. Some people had the balls to captain him so early on, which was which was fantastic by them. And then, did you captain him? I sure did. Smart ass. Um, yeah, so he killed it that first part of part of the year. Then obviously the middle parts were, were a little bit dicey for him. Concussions, in and out. We weren't really sure what he was doing. Then sort of the back end of the year, played off the bench. But then when he got the start again, he just went back to absolutely killing it. Like he he is a, a sensational talent. Um, has been doing some work in the offseason. I think he's been doing some similar training to what horses do, I think, with his head and trying to get um, some like extra... I don't, know, I don't know the scientific term, but he's been doing some work on his head, which uh, is, is weird enough to say. He's a freak, less than 700K. Even if you are running turbo and you've got to find cash, you don't find cash at fullback. I think if you're going to run turbo, it's turbo and pap. If you're going to run any other fullback, it's any other fullback and pap. And the other fullback that I guess you and I are both keen on is James Tedesco. Now, I remember when Kiri went down, I made a post telling everyone to sell Tedesco and I copped it. Probably one of the most negative posts that I got. Uh, did turn out to be probably the right move because Teddy did take a dip with no Kiri, and we know how good he is with Kiri in that side. Uh, it'll be a case of where Kiri plays. Um, I think he lines up on the right, but there is some talk he plays on the left. It's near hearsay. I don't really mind where he plays. I think Teddy will be following his pocket basically for the full 80. He averaged 92, I want to say 92 or something like that, uh, a couple of years ago, and we thought that he would 
continue on last year. The first two rounds, he looked phenomenal. Uh, I remember watching the highlights. I watched the highlights against that Manly game in round one, actually yesterday. And he is just everywhere. When Kiri's on the field, he is everywhere because you just know that Kiri's going to give Teddy good ball. He's going to be in space. Yeah, Tedesco... For 200k more, you can get Pappenhausen and Tedesco uh, for 200k more than what you're paying for one turbo. And when I have turbo dropping down at least 20 points next year, it's a no-brainer to sort of probably skip on turbo personally. The issue is um, the round three matchup against the Dogs, which we'll come on to. But when it comes to Teddy, mate, pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a Sunday afternoon game at... It's a Saturday or Sunday afternoon game at the SCG against the Newcastle Knights. Sign me up for that all day long. Yeah, I am. I'm certainly looking forward to hopefully thrashing the Knights. And I'm not sure on captain yet. Um, just going back to Mr. Ed quickly, um, the horseman, Ryan Pappenhausen, that you've just tokened him. Um, rounds four all the way up until uh, round 10, I think it is, again, it's Penrith, is their first tough game. Um, and he's averages th- for rounds four through seven, 113, 80, 95 and 126. If that doesn't scream out, you know, start me, you know, to start the super coach season, I don't know what does. Um, moving on to Teddy now, um, interesting season, obviously for Teddy last year, he, he started, I think it was a hat trick, correct me if I'm wrong, round one against Manly. Um, I know he was my captain that day. Um, 162 points. He wasn't mine phenomenal. and I was filthy. Uh, well, that's just a rookie era, mate. That's on you. Um, round two, another ton um, against the West Tigers. I'm pretty sure I captained him there as well. Um, and then a pair of 74s in, against Souths and uh, the Warriors. And then after that, obviously, we we saw Kiri go down, uh, get injured, and his numbers really plummeted. Um, to, to close out the season last year, Teddy was, you know, far more involved. He, he found a way to become a leader uh, within that side. Obviously, the Roosters had every man and his dog injured by the back end of the season. He actually scored uh, 146, so 182 and a ton in the final round, as well as two 90s over the last, you know, six to eight rounds, closed out the season with a five-round 100-point average. So we saw that he can do it without Kiri. Uh, we saw he certainly can do it with Kiri. So all signs for me point to Tedesco starting the season off strong. I believe their draw uh, right up until about round 10, actually, as well, the same as um, the Storm, is ridiculously good, in yeah. my opinion. The Roosters have the Knights at home, and then they have Manly South. Not ideal for two rounds two and three, but then it goes Cowboys, uh, Broncos, Warriors, Dragons, Bulldogs, Titans up until yeah Magic Round, and then they play Parramatta at Magic Round, which uh, I'm not looking not, at. I'm not, not too I'm worried not, about that. I'm not looking at the home or away advantage in Magic Round. Obviously, um, is it fair to say that during that mid- the middle parts of the year, Teddy took a dip and he was sort of overplaying his hand a little bit, which is very understandable. But considering the Roosters had no one, I just felt Teddy was trying to force it a little bit too much when it was basically all on his shoulders. Now that you've got troops back, Sam Walker's a year older, uh, a little bit bigger. You got Kiri back. The supporting cast, the forwards will be there. They've trained all preseason. I don't think Teddy's going to have to do nearly as much, and he can sort of chime in and get back to to where we know he can be, rather than having to force every play. The main problem seemed to be that that origin period. Um, obviously, he was the Blues captain as well, and 
he just struggled a little bit. He did play uh, Penrith and Melbourne uh, in those two weeks. He scored poorly. Outside of that, his numbers aren't really as bad as what we think. Uh, I think we set such a high standard, 95 average in 2020. Um, but he still averaged 87 last season. Yeah. Um, we, we, the second last round of the season, he only scored 18 in 80 minutes. And and like that's a that's an average killer in round seven against the Dragons. I think he maybe he got injured or something. Yeah, he played mate, 34 I'll, I'll, minutes I'll tell, you, I'll tell you exactly what happened because I captained him for the very first time that year. Uh, Anzac Day clash, Jordan Piera absolutely decapitated Teddy and I watched in horror as he's my captain. Um, you were right though. We, we are talking about Teddy like he is some 45, 45 average bum. Like, the bloke had a poor year and still averaged 86. So, judging him based on Tom Trebojevi, um, and we can't really do that. I know we probably think, you know, that, you know, who's the best fullback, Teddy or Tom Trebojevic? Well, you know, by super coach numbers, sure, it is Tom Trebojevic, but... You know, James Tedesco's New South Wales captain, maybe Australian captain. He's won premierships. He's won origins. He's done everything under the sun. And I think that he can come pretty damn close to matching Tom Trebojevic's numbers this season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I go that far, but I definitely would put them within sort of 15, 20 points of each other. Um, the problem is obviously Turbo is the guy at Manly, whereas there is a lot of mouths to feed at the Roosters. But I still think Teddy is going to get his. That is our thoughts on... Uh, Teddy and Pap, basically we could end the podcast. I've got a bit more actually on Teddy. I was just going to say, we could end the podcast right there because I feel like there's not many others to talk about, but there's there's plenty of others. I've, I've, actually, I've got a bit more yeah, hit, hit, hit us, hit um, for us Teddy. Um, so I've got delved a little deeper and I, I grabbed his averages under the new rules. Now, this is for obviously for 2020 and 2021. So to start the season, uh, he's got Newcastle, Manly, South. His averages against are 112, 123. 83. Then he's got North Queensland, uh, the Broncos, 154, 124. And then his average against New Zealand is actually quite poor. Um, so it's only 63. But then he goes through a period where he's got 114, 199, 80. He's got 105. So his first 13 weeks, if he hits his averages and Pappenhausen hits his averages, and you're looking at these blokes scoring, you know, 90 to 120 points week in, week out. I think that can cover the Tom Trebojevic factor. Yeah, and that's and that's my thinking too. Uh, if things play out the way we, we do, I'm probably going to captain Teddy in rounds one and rounds three to nine because it's just, just how juicy the draw is. Uh, it'll obviously depend on how Pappenhausen comes out because at the moment I'm not running Cleary or Turbo. So my two guns are going to be Pap and... Yeah, Pap and, and Teddy, and it's a good thing they both play the same position because I can't have to decide between the both of them. One of them will sit the pine, one of them will be captain, which is fantastic. Um, as I said, as I jokingly said, we could have ended the podcast right there because that's basically our thoughts on the fullbacks that you need to have done. But there is still one elephant in the room in Tom Travojevic. If you send me your side and it has turbo in it, I am obviously not going to push back on it. The bloke was absolutely a freak. Um, look... When Teddy scored 95 in 2020, everyone thought it cannot be topped. Then Cleary scored 100 and something last year, 111, 112, I want to say. And that wasn't even anywhere close to what Turbo did. Turbo averaged 143.3 points a game. He had, I don't have the stats in front of me, but off the top of my head, I think he had two, sorry, three or four games that he didn't score 100 in the whole season. He had two. Three. 
three three uh, games four. under four games under a hundred, and I think he may have had two or three double tons, including the record breaking hundred and twenty six. No. Anyway, I should have the stats. Anyway, he was a freak. Don't really need to have stats to, to tell you how much of a freak he was. My problem is, these outlier seasons do not last. Ben Barber, Jared Hayne. Teddy's probably the only one in that exception when it comes to his 2019 season of how good it was. He backed up with Supercoach in 2020, averaging 95. I think teams are just going to absolutely send their centres and wingers just at turbo. Yeah, it might open up some spots for Garrick, but there's going to be cover defence, and they're just going to pressure him as much as possible. Turbo is obviously good enough to get out of that. I just do not think it's going to be anywhere near as easy as what he had it last year. Teams are now switched on to these rule changes. They're going to be a lot fitter. I just cannot run Turbo. At 1.25 million, it's just ridiculous money. It's 12.5% of your cap on one player when it has to be divvied out. The first two rounds aren't fantastic. We could be looking at a 350, 400 break even come round round three. Yeah, look, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say tell anyone don't we, pick Tom we, we, we can't talk him down. Like after, after <laughs> last can't. year, we can't say he's a bum. But I just I just but, don't see the, any value there, any at all. So the round ones and twos, um, his average under the new rules and his average under the old rules are basically the same. So it, it, his actual average against is 71, 78. His new rules average is 68 and 71. So that shows a consistency that Penrith and the Roosters – there is a struggle against those two sides. And obviously they've both become kind of defensive powerhouses when they are at full strength. So it makes complete sense. The point I want to make is, so if you look at his averages and his PPM and everything over the last five years, there's consistency across the board. Like average wise, it's between say 67 and 77 year in year out. His PPM is about, 0.95 to 105 year in year out. And then we jump to last year where his average score per game is 143. His BPM is 1.87. He's, you know, 60, 60 goes to nearly 95%. It's just, I don't think they're sustainable numbers and I don't think he's going to score three double tons this year and 190 and, you know, he's going to have one shocker against Newcastle for 40 and everything else is going to be 90 plus. Like I just don't see is going to be possible. He's going to, he's going to get big scores. He's going to average probably 90, 95 on the season as an absolute minimum. He'll probably average, you know, 110 or 115 because he's that much of a superstar. I just don't think 140 plus average is going to be feasible when you've had a full off season of teams going, we need to shut Tom Trebojevic down. As no, the number I've, one priority. I have seen some ridiculous comments about 140 is basically what people are expecting. I think if you're expecting Turbo to get 140, you're in for a very rude shock. Um, the one saving grace is the fact that, like, maybe maybe it's a curse. If this was similar to NRL Fantasy and rule changes, and sorry, price changes happened round by round, I'd probably buy him for round three. But the fact that if I'm going to buy him for round three against the Dogs, I've still got to pay $1.26 million and probably face a massive break-even where he drops two three hundred k that really puts me off. Uh, the last thing, I don't really want to be losing two hundred and fifty k in value after three rounds, especially when you've got guys like Pap and Teddy who can probably make up that difference if they have uh, great scores. Then we need to factor in a way to get Cleary. So if I'm going to be buying, uh, if I'm going to be buying Turbo and then I'm going to be losing money on him, that's more money I have to find to get Cleary. So... 
I'm not going to sit here and say, do not buy Turbo because that'd be stupid because I still think he finishes the fullback one. I don't think it's a 50 point difference as to what it was last year, but I still think he ends up as the fullback one. I have him penciled around the 112, 113 average thereabouts. That's probably the, the high end where I've got guys like Pap and Teddy pushing 100 and I mean, yeah, is 13 points really worth the 200K that it's going to cost you extra to get Pap and Teddy? I don't think so. So I, I guess that- the cross argument there is if if Pap and Teddy get, say, 121 week and Tom goes out and gets 260, good for the Tom, you're going to get good for the tempo. You're going to get, well yeah, but you're also going to get the what about the captaincy piece and, you know, that 260 is worth 520 and you're going to lose hundreds of points. I, I guess that's the argument that we're going to hear from other people playing devil's advocate of here. Course, of course. I, I got to say, if, if we can get, we seem that with centers, we're going to get cheapies, halves, we're going to get cheapies. We've found Chris Randall. We're going to get Chris Randall. The problem at the moment is the forwards. And we don't really know if there's going to be any, you know, near bottom dollar guys that are either starting, which would be a you know, miracle or at least going to get good bench minutes. If we get those, I will probably try and start three of the four. Um, I'll probably, I, I don't think I'm going to start with Tom Trebojevic. I just can't do it. It just, every side I've made with Tom at fullback, it's just too barren elsewhere, but I am going to try and get Teddy, Pap and Cleary so that I'm only chasing one guy. Yeah. I've tried to make this up with Cleary. I just can't get it to work with the guys that I want. So probably a forego for me. Uh, I guess the other counter argument is, oh, well, what if after two weeks, Pappenhausen or Turbo get injured? No, sorry. What, what if Pappenhausen or Teddy get injured? That takes us on to the next man. Now, I am in love with Latrell Mitchell this year. I am so, so keen on him. I am so, so keen on South Straw, basically from like rounds five until rounds 21, round 22. Latrell's going to be goal kicking. I mean, Latrell averaged 84 last year off the top of my head. I think that goes down with no Adam Reynolds. Cody Walker's going to have to do a little bit more, so Latrell might lose five or four or five points. Let's say Latrell goes down to a 78 average and he picks up another 12 points in goal kicking. That's going to take him to a 90 average. I am in love with Latrell. I'm in love with his stocks. I just really wish he was available from round one, which is a bit of a stinker, but it makes picking Pappenhausen and Tedesco easier. And then it gives us a fantastic fallback plan if it goes a little bit pear-shaped. Look, Latrell, Latrell was finding his feet, in my opinion. Um, one thing I've noticed with most of these players, maybe not Tom, is that over that origin period, they all take a huge dip. Uh, they either take a dip in their minutes or, or they just hold back a little bit and they don't get as involved and they seem to dip in scoring. But if you go post-origin for Latrell, his numbers are nearly as good as anyone. So this was rounds 19 all the way up until the game where he you know, rearranged Manu's face. And that's 108, 123, 64, 115, 65, 106. So you're talking about getting four tons in six weeks. Your two bad games, one of which was against Penrith, by the way, who are the best defensive side in the competition, is 65. If your floor's 65 and then you throw on top of that, the goal kicking, as you said, and that with this South Sydney team, you're probably looking at, I think 10 would be, say a bare minimum average that you'd be adding on. That is 
bloody amazing. Like Latrell is, is... Latrell is also a very, very good goal kicker. Let's not forget that. Latrell is very, very good off the tee. Yeah, like he averaged 70 in 2019 with the Chooks. Like, and that would have goal kicking numbers in it. But like for a centre to average yeah. 70, you know, I know Brian Tottu does it now. And, you know, Garrick was the world's luckiest winger last season. That that at the time under the old rules was a phenomenal average. Yeah. So a, se- a, 70, me, a 70 at centre is, is unheard of back then. A 90 plus average for Latrell Mitchell this season is not unheard of. And in my opinion, when you're going to start talking about fullbacks, we used to have the conversation, Teddy, Turbo, Ponga, etc. Latrell is going to jump Ponga for me. Yeah, oh, um, He's going to be in the conversation with those three guys that we've just discussed. And at some point in time, do we start looking at fullback roulette? You know, I've spoken about it. I may have spoken about it a little bit last season. It's a definitely something that you can target. If you if you get to the point where you have turbo and you play fullback roulette with, you know, your second slot, it can work. Yeah, it come, can absolutely come. work. And you can ride prices and you can make money based on draws and it can be a cash creator for you. It could help you get to guys like Cleary or your David Fafitas, you know, whoever's going on a tear and making a lot of money. That can be an option. And then come like round 17, 18, um, if all things went well, you should have a really good sta- a really good core of your side. Then you can just basically, yeah, chop and change. I know you did that last year uh, and that worked really well for you. Um, you spent a lot of your trades on your fullbacks, just bringing in the, the good matchups and, and taking out the bad ones because it's such a crucial position. Um, I think if you do end up with Latrell, I'll pull up the draw quickly. South, we dropped our fixture ticker uh, on socials. Go check that out. It's on my page. Um, you know where to find me. But basically from rounds five until rounds, what is that, 19, they play one tough game. One tough game. And that is Melbourne in round 19. So from rounds five to rounds 18, there isn't a game there I'm particularly worried about. So if you decide to do go Latrell and they find their feet with this spine combination and, and the new coach and they're looking good, all basically all things would point towards Latrell for me. Um, yeah, very, very keen on him. Just sucks he's not available round one and two, but maybe it's a blessing because he is now a, a fantastic fallback guy. Look, we've touched on sort of the four big guns. There is some other other guys here. I know some people aren't too keen on, on running the two guns. They want to save some money. Uh, there is some other guys there. Um, you talked on Kalen Ponga. I think his stock's sort of... Uh, this night side's going to be really tough to evaluate. And I'm not sure I can put faith in KP. He's always been a 62 to 65 guy. He had the one outlier season two years ago. But since then, it sort of came back. And is this what KP is? Is he, is he just a 65 average kind of guy? Yeah, um, I don't know. Callum probably doesn't kick in this side anymore. Uh, he plays the Roosters in round one. He plays Penrith in round three. Uh, he ends up playing Para and Melbourne back-to-back weeks in seven and eight. When I did the numbers and I looked through at his averages and I looked through at his averages under the new rules, I pretty much discovered that he's just a flat-track bully. Um, he just picks on the weaker sides. He's got great averages against the West Tigers. Uh, he's got a good average against, say, St. George and Cronulla and Canberra. But the top sides, his averages fall heavily. You know, instead of having, you know, an average of, you know, 70, 80 plus, you might have an average of 40 against the Roosters or 50 against Penrith. And it's just not very appealing to me. Um, he's not someone that's realistically on my radar at all. I'm not expecting a lot from the Newcastle Knights this season. 
he's really in my no go zone, to be honest with you. I, I personally, there's younger, fresher guys who I would pick before I'd pick Pat Kalen Ponga this season. Well, let's run over the guys that we would not pick at fullback. Uh, Tessie New, Charles Nickel Clockstar, uh, Will Kennedy. All these guys I wouldn't have at fullback because I just think there's better options. Uh, we've also got Hammer slash Holmes, whoever not locked in that fullback spot. Uh, both those guys are available at centre wing. Much prefer, mm-hmm. much prefer taking them there. Uh, you've also got Sloan, um, another guy that's dual position that I'd probably be picking up elsewhere. And Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie lost his centre wing this year, so he's just available at fullback. All these guys, I'm pretty happy to, to skip past if you're keen with that. There's no need to really talk about them, uh, in my opinion. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, I'm not really going to go too much into details with those guys. You know, uh, Jalen Campbell is a guy that maybe you could look at, but I don't have the faith in picking him in the most important slot um, for the season, basically. In terms of draw, starts with Parramatta. That'll probably be a high-scoring game, in my opinion, round one. Um, then you got New Zealand, Canberra, Wests, Para, and then Melbourne. Uh, so it does get a little tricky from round six. But to start the season, you know, he could get off to a flyer. But is he going to score 120, 150-plus? Probably not. Uh, is he priced at a point? If you're going to take, if you're going, if you're going to take a punt on one of these mid-range guys, it, it wouldn't be Campbell for me. It'd be Reese Walsh, and yeah, so he was going to be the next guy um, that I mentioned as a bloke who I could, you know, get on board with. It's like a real shot in the dark, but if you're a real gambler and you don't want to pick, you know, one of the the main, say, four guys that we've discussed, this is quite the start. He plays the Dragons. Uh, the Gold Coast, the West Tigers, the Broncos, the Cowboys. Then he goes through quite a tricky period, then to you, be honest. Then you move him on. Round five, you've, you've got to move him on. Correct. And at that point, if you could flick him to, say, Luttrell, uh, if you weren't looking at the top guys and you want to be a little bit of a you know pod hunter, that's something I could get behind. Um, he is a chance to goal kick for the Warriors this year. Uh, we don't really have too much news from the Warriors camp. Let me, who is going to kick, but let, um, let me give he, you this situ- option. Let me give you the situation. Latrell's out for rounds one and two. He comes back, not underdone, but with, with lacking match fitness. Rounds three and four, he plays the Roosters and Penrith. We expect probably two, not stinker scores, but two quiet scores. 60 to 80, yeah. Yep. So, and then rounds, round three, he uh, sorry, round three. Round five, he'd have his first rolling average come in, and he plays the Dragons. Look, he could score well. I don't think he's going to score well enough to avoid a price drop round five. You pick him up for round six. After Reese Walsh has done his job, Reese Walsh has made you one, two, three price rises. You flick him on for Latrell. Easy move. So, yeah, as long as you can justify your decision, and, and that's something that you just did, you, you would be going into the season with a game plan. You're going to say, look, I'm going to target the draw. I'm going to get Walsh. I'm going to move him on. He's going to make some money. I'm going to grab Latrell at, you know, equal, or if not a little bit less in price. And then I'm going to ride Latrell for, you know, 
the next the draw basically weeks. for however, however long you want or situational, you know, it might get to the point where Paps or Teddy or someone simply you can't live without having them. They're killing you too much because of their ceiling and that's fine. They It shouldn't be a bridge too far um, if you were to play the game that way. But these other guys, um, you know, you mentioned them all. A lot of them are dual, so you don't need to pick them at fullback. Um, I think someone you missed is Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards well, I was, was going good... to touch on, on Edwards and, and Gutho and, and the likes in there. I, do, I just really wanted to get across that that Reese Welsh point because I feel like if you're going to go turbo, my stance is you take Pap, but if you're against that, that's totally cool. People play Supercoach in very different ways. I really like the idea of Turbo Walsh with the idea of flipping Walsh to, to Latrell come round, round six. So, as Bruce said, if you're going to be going against the grain here, if you're going to be going against one of these big guns, you've got to have a plan. You can't just pick Walsh and be like, ah, oh, you know what, let's just see what happens. Look at the draw. Realise that his run ends in round six. Uh, round six and round seven are tough. He's going to probably lose all the money that you've just that you've just made, and Latrell's going to come back. He's going to be underdone when it comes to match fitness, it's game sharpness, whatever. He's going to, yeah, forget his first price round price rise at the end of round five, and then you pick him up for the gun run, like like we like we touched on. They're going to have a gun run from rounds five to rounds twenty, and then you just ride Latrell for fifteen weeks, and then you look at moving them on for the run home, like and that's when you you get set for the finals. So that's basically. Look, injuries, suspensions, we don't know what's going to happen, but that's one trade to have a fullback basically up until finals, and then you can flip them on. So minimizing trades would be fantastic. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Supercoach is going to be released at the end of this week, all things hoping. We might get some more trades, and that throws it out the window. But if we don't have a plan, uh, going Walsh to Mitchell is fantastic if you want to go against the grain because basically every man and his dog is going to own Teddy and or Pap. So if you want to go against the grain, you want to be a bit bit of a pod hunter, yeah, Walsh Walsh into Mitchell is uh, is a good play for me. Um, you mentioned Dylan Edwards, bro. There's been a lot of chat around Dylan Edwards. Uh, people expect him to have a, a good year. He has been a solid contributor. I don't know if he takes the next step. Do we have anything to back that up? Oh, look, with Edwards, I think he's a really good NRL fullback. I just don't think it necessarily equates to um, success in a super coach perspective. Um, he's quite consistent. Um, you know, in 2020, he actually scored 73% of the time over 60. That actually dropped to 44 last season. His PPM typically is around the 0.75 mark. So he's only really a 60 average guy, no tons last season. Um, so for me, there's just, the ceiling's not there. There's too many, I guess, too many chefs in the kitchen when it comes to Penrith, too many guys that can take the points in other ways. So for me, I certainly, I think, as I said, I think he's a really good NRL fullback. I don't think he's even slightly a super coach option. What about Gutho? Parramatta start very hot. They have they have Melbourne round three. But apart from that, it's the Titans, it's the Sharks, it's the Dragons, it's the Titans, it's the Tigers, it's the Knights, it's the Cowboys up until round eight. Parramatta have a really good start to the, start of the year. Gutho is just increasing his super coach output year on year. Do we go pod? Do we go Gutho? If he is if he is the guy that we're going to go against their top four, is he one to rival them for the first month and a bit? Well, his averages against don't really support picking him, to be honest. Um, you know, 73, 57, 56, 78, 73, 77. That's the first six weeks. That's his averages under the new rules. Um, looking at last season, rounds, what, six or seven for three weeks, he scored 
three tons, you know, you know, on the back, which is fantastic. That's a credit to him. He only ended up scoring another two tons for the season, and both of those were sub 120. There's a real mix there. To end last season, he finished with a, a what, a three-round of 51 and a five-round average of 49. It's too inconsistent for me. Um, when he's on, he's on. Um, but I just think, I don't even know how much, how much money does Gutherson cost this year. He's not even someone I've slightly yeah, looked I haven't, at. I haven't looked. I want to say I want to say around that 700k range, similar to, similar to. Oh, I doubt that. I assume I'll, so. I'll let bring me, it up. Let me um, let me stall for time, and I'll I'll quickly bring it up. But like, yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of chat with Gutho. Uh, he is coming at 665k, so just under seven. Um, mid, yeah, no way. Mid, yeah, mid sixes. Like, yeah, the draw is good. Um, he probably won't get many points against Melbourne in round three and then by round nines and 10, he's got Penrith and uh, Sydney Roosters and Manly three weeks in a row. You'd be, I just don't see the upside to be honest with you. For a, uh, for if you picked up the goal kicking, maybe. For a hundred K less, you can ride the Reese Walsh draw for the first five rounds. Well, there you go. That's a no brainer for me. Um, that makes a hell of a lot more sense than picking Gutherson. Yes. Yes. That's pretty much all the fullbacks that we have, man. That's that's basically the guys. I did say at the start of this pod, we'd be yeah trying to stretch this out for about half an hour, 40 minutes. We've covered everyone. At the end of the day, Brew and I are extremely keen on the, the Pappenhausen and Teddy combo. We aren't re- uh, reinventing the wheel here. Every podcast under the sun is going to tell you probably the same thing. It's going to be the popular choice, but it's the popular choice for a reason. I did get some messages from people saying, are you worried that so many people are going to own them? Not really. I don't want to be taking too many shots in the dark when it comes to fullback. The only the only alternate route that I can conceive is going Turbo and Walsh with the idea of flipping Walsh to Latrell because I'm very keen on him. But apart from that, is there any other final words you want to add on it, on any of these guys? I mean, I think we've we've done them as best we can. Um, we brushed over Matt Dufty and Will Kennedy. I just I don't have faith in those guys to match the output of of the other guys we've spoken about. Uh, Ponga, we've yeah, hammered. The Cowboys duo of, of Hamiso and Holmes, as we said, we can pick them in the centre wing. Same with like, someone like a Sloan. And yeah, unfortunately for Dane Laurie, he loses centre wing, which makes him basically... Uh, yeah, No-go zone. Absolutely zero. Yeah, look, onto the um, are you worried question. Not really, because it just shows you that the majority of teams have that combination, then you're not really at too much risk of losing out. Uh, you'll be in the same boat as them. You just need to make sure that, you know, you've, you've obtained an extra say 600 K by not taking turbo where have you used that elsewhere? And can you make the points up elsewhere? Because that's the thing that people aren't factoring in is that that 600 K is another gun player. It might be the difference in, you know, me playing Sean Bloor in round one and him getting 30 and me playing, you know, I think Cameron Murray's like six fourteen. That's yeah. literally what the difference is. So you, you need to balance it out as to, to what you're making up by not getting turbo. But obviously, you know, if, if we're non-owners of Turbo early and Turbo bangs out a 200 and the small percentage of people get on and captain him, yeah, we might be chasing them to start the season. But the flip side of that is, is if Trebojevic's going to be a guy that you're not probably going to want to start with and then sell him off, and that will be an argument that some people will have, oh, I'll just start with Turbo. If he goes shit, I'll sell him. You probably won't because, you know, the, Why the five or six weeks after week two, are so good that you're going to sit there and go, oh, 
probably not worth it. He's probably whatever he loses, he might make yeah, it back. That's instead it, of what's going to be going through your head. If you're picking up Turbo with the idea of selling him, it's pick and stick unless he gets yeah, a exactly. hamstring. Basically, if, if, if yeah. You, if you if you're paying 1.2 million for him with the idea of selling him, if you go shit the first two rounds, I can't help you because he's playing the Bulldogs, and that's why you buy yep. him. You buy him to captain him round three. You buy him and, knowing that he's going to score poorly rounds one and two, and then you buy him hoping that you just captain him rounds three to seven. Like, and that's going to make up the point. So, do not even consider buying Turbo to sell him uh, unless, yeah, the the string cheese of his hamstrings uh, decide to capitulate. And just remember, guys, it's a twenty-five round season. Mm-hmm. You're not going to lose the season by not starting with Turbo if he does get off to a flyer. You will have time to make that ground up with smart planning and by use, utilizing the buys, et cetera, over the course of the season. So if you do get it wrong early with the fullback decision, fix it as quickly as you can, but don't panic. And just because you start hot doesn't mean anything. Um, I started in the top 1K for the first five weeks, and you guys know how my season panned out last year. So, yeah. It's, I did too, and I finished in the top 100. Yeah, so. shut up. It's, uh, Josh. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, it's going to be nice to get a hot start, but don't be too stressed. Also, don't be too stressed if you check your rank after round one, and it's really bad, because so many people are going to like make a side to snipe round one, or you get the casuals that just make a side with zero bench, and they're out, of, they're out of contention after a month. So do not stress about your rank. I mean, when would you say a good idea is a true rank? Maybe round six, round seven? That's when you should start to, to yeah, look at the rank? Yeah, I think by rounds, say, four to six, you start to see a pattern. You know, in round one, you might be ranked 20,000, but you might be 20 points behind the bloke yeah. that's in 3,000. So just look at the points differential as opposed to the positional rank. And then by rounds, say, yeah, five through seven, you should start to see a trend where certain teams are moving up the board and others are slowly dropping down. And your rank each round, unless you get an absolute monster, will be quite consistent. You might only go up, say, 100 or 200 spots, depending on if you're ranked highly or, or back in the field. So that's when you'll start to see trends. I mean, even if you're 500 points back after round 10, that's only 50 points a week, which is very manageable over the next 10 weeks. So it ain't over. Oh, absolutely. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't the over. Rules. It ain't over until the fat lady sings. Uh, we saw that in the BBL. I think the bloke came from 11th and came from absolutely nowhere in the last round to win it. So it's never over until you decide it's over. So that's fullbacks done. Probably wasn't as exciting as you guys wanted, but it was never going to be in my mind because it's pretty clear cut in my opinion, but that's going to do us. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll have to reset my side and get myself 100% set on turbo so that, you know, so we can have something, something to disagree. Final teams, we can start punching on, on the air or something. <laughs> uh, we'll be good. We'll be good. Um, yeah. Apologies for not uploading Friday guys. Um, all transparency. I am back at work after two and a half years. So that is really awesome. Uh, I just had some training that I had to do. So I had to miss that. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow, believe it or not. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. And we're going to start all things teams. So for anyone, for any basically player that we didn't cover uh, in the positional breakdowns, we're going to be looking at the team. We're going to be giving uh, my best 17 for round one. We're going to give Brew's best 17 for round one. We're also going to give our ladder predictions for where we think each team's going to go. We'll look at the off-season moves. Basically give a team preview uh, like every other man and his dog with a microphone has done. So... Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We wanted to get these positions out of the way. So you guys that don't have Supercoach Gold, have a backlog. You don't have to wait for podcasts to come out. When the game's open, you can go back, look at us, look at me putting the curse on uh, Jaden Braley. Do you remember that, mate? Someone sent me a video of me saying, uh, don't buy Chris Randall unless Jaden Braley goes down. So 
I think the curse of the Whisperer has happened already and we're only in January, so we're in for a fantastic season, mate, if I'm going to start cursing players left, right and centre. Yeah, I'm going to have to tell you by a false team every week so you don't start cursing me when you're chasing me. You're going to send me your trades before we start and be like, do not mention these guys whatsoever. So, (laughs) no. Look, I appreciate everyone uh, being with us through the last eight episodes, seven positions, eight episodes we've got through. Um, Hopefully, we've covered enough to give you guys a good basis. When it comes to cheapies, people are begging for a cheapies podcast. As Brew and I have said, there's no point doing it now when we don't know as much. If you do want to have a, a look at 10 good guys to put in your in your sides to build some cash, uh, I just dropped my basically 10 best cheapies on the list. Uh, there is a few more, though. Brew and I have spoken off the camera about how many more cheapies there are. So I think people just aren't looking hard enough, but come close to the season, we'll definitely dive into those in a full podcast. And um, yeah, once again, thanks for very much for listening to the first sort of series of the, the Dual Position podcast. Um, had a very much fun recording it. So hopefully you've taken some good info. And uh, yeah, as always, ciao for now. Ciao for now, guys. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.